This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. Berkshire Hathaway, the company and the stock, keeps hitting new all-time highs nearly daily, almost every day, seemingly hitting one here in 2024, and yet very few people are talking about it. I see it mentioned occasionally when they're talking about mega caps and the, the which ones are you know at their highs, but then that's all they that's all they say. They don't they don't actually analyze or or start to question why is Berkshire Hathaway so hot? What does this mean for the overall market rally that we're seeing here in 2024? So much is being said about the breadth of this rally. I keep hearing that it's only tech and maybe social media or slash communications companies, you know, like meta platforms and Nobody else, uh, you know, that, uh, except maybe a few smattering of a few growth names like a Chipotle or somebody like that. Otherwise, um, it's all about tech and that's not healthy. And that's like 20, you know, or the year 2000. It's the dot com era all over again. And it's going to blow up just like the dot com era because this is not healthy. But again, here we are sitting with Berkshire Hathaway, Warren Buffett's company, hitting new all-time highs almost daily. Now, we know Berkshire is far from being a tech company, other than its big Apple position, which I get is a big part of Berkshire Hathaway now. It really is an old industrial company with insurance. That's basically what it is. And now it has a ton of cash as well, just sitting there. One of its largest businesses, of course, is a railroad. Burlington Northern, Santa Fe, those of us in the Midwest know it well, BNSF. It actually runs one of the metro lines here in Chicago. So many of us have been on the BNSF railroad. They actually say it on the side of the railroad metro cars, actually. and. That's one of its huge businesses. One of its four prongs of of its business is the BNSF Railroad. It also has insurance with Geico. It owns Geico, but it owns a whole bunch of other uh, industrial type companies like Lubrizol and uh, the paint companies, Bear Paints. Um, and it also has, what's the other one it owns? Uh thinking maybe, is it Bear Paints? It's one of the paints. I want to say it is. Uh, that's on the top of my head. Let's just say it's one of the paints. It owns that. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, Benjamin Moore. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of. Um, but, you know, these are not tech companies. These are not glamorous, you know, Microsoft AI, nothing with the data center. And yet, this is now hitting new highs. So what is Berkshire Hathaway doing? Why why should we be looking at it and wondering what's going on there, especially as value investors, right? We do want to follow what's happening at Berkshire as long as Warren Buffett is running it because presumably he's trying to find some value stocks to buy for the equity part of the portfolio or even businesses to buy on the cheap for the Berkshire, um, you know, company side of things on the portfolio side. But 
All we know so far is that he keeps buying Occidental Petroleum. That's the ticker OXY. He bought another uh, chunk of it. Well, he's bought a couple times, I think, here in 2024 so far. And we're waiting for the filings to come, the quarterly filings, because then we'll find out even more of what he's doing, what he's spending this huge cash hoard on, if anything. Um, but he has been buying Occidental. He has such a huge position of it. He does have to disclose when he buys more. We also know he's got that big position in Chevron, the other big energy position, ticker CVX. That's all kind of boring, right? That that can't be why it's busting out to new highs nearly daily, could it? I, I don't I don't think so. Um, and even Apple, while doing well and it's rebounded off of recent lows, it's not uh, acting like Nvidia right now. That that stock, and so that's not really the reason that you would be jumping into Berkshire Hathaway. But to me, it's a sign of uh, good things going on in the economy behind the scenes that a company like Berkshire Hathaway is going to be doing well once the Fed starts cutting its rates, money gets cheaper, uh, the economy picks up steam again. It's it's holding on and doing pretty well in the face of these higher rates, but it has slowed off of a couple of years ago. That's what the Fed wanted it to do. And it has done that. But what happens when we see a real breakout in manufacturing, when that comes back out of a recession, that's going to benefit a lot of Berkshire companies as well. So it could be people are buying in now in the anticipation of these things happening. So what is happening with the Berkshire actual shares? Like I said, they are trading at new highs nearly daily, almost $400 now. It's at 398.32. I do own it in Zach's insider trader portfolio. And that I, we bought almost two years ago now. And the insider trader portfolio, for those of you maybe you're not aware of, it's a short-term portfolio. It's not like my value investor where we could own it for years and years. It, it's supposed to be one to three months. But we bought it in, I think it was July 2022, and it was basically kind of a defensive play on the big sell-off that was going on at that time in tech stocks. Berkshire was uh, attractive as well in 2022. It, I think it was a director who did jump in to buy some shares. It's kind of rare over there at Berkshire Hathaway. It was not Warren Buffett. But one of the other directors did buy some shares. So we dove in in the insider trader. But we're still in it. And this is going on almost two years, I guess a year and a half now. And that's, it's got to be among the longest I've ever held a stock in there. But when the stock keeps hitting new all-time highs, you're not, you're not necessarily inclined to get out of it, even though we have a short-term kind of holding period over there in that portfolio. So we've just been kind of in it. We did take a little bit of profit off earlier just to lock in some. But we're letting the rest of the position kind of just ride. And uh, the, the company hasn't reported yet. So we're waiting on its next earnings report. But 2023 earnings expected to be up 17.1%. So we'll see if that holds. That's pretty bullish. And 2024, another 11%. And this is at a time when a lot of companies are having difficulty actually growing their earnings right now. Um, uh, if you take out the MAG-7, 
you're seeing negative earnings growth going on in the rest of the S&P 500, so, but not at Berkshire. So maybe that's why it's hitting new highs. It's sending this uh, very good me- message that it's seeing the growth. Its PE right now is a little more stretched than it has been in recent years. PE of 21.7, a PEG ratio of 3.1. So that's pretty high, actually. Price to sales is a little bit elevated at 2.4. The only real true classic value um, fundamental for Berkshire right now is a price to book ratio of 1.6. So we do like that. Anything under three is what I look for. So that's pretty low at 1.6. You don't get a dividend. You know, Buffett doesn't believe in dividends. He'll collect them from all the other companies he gets. But he has always said he believes that any of the free cash flow for him can better be distributed on behalf of shareholders, either into companies, into buying the equities for the equity portfolio, or just better use than turning it back over to the shareholders. They have bought back some shares in recent years when the share price was attractive enough that Buffett believed it made sense to use that cash to buy back some shares. But is it here? It seems kind of elevated to me, uh, at least historically. But maybe it's not that elevated with double-digit earnings growth. That's something we're going to have to watch when we get this next earnings report. Now, a couple of the bigger positions, I already mentioned the Occidental, ticker OXY. That pays a dividend yielding 1.3% right now, but they haven't reported. So I'm not sure if that will be raised at Occidental. A lot of the uh, oil companies are actually raising their dividends again, uh, their standard base dividend even with oil retreating back into the 70s. Their cash flows are still good in the 70s, and they are still rewarding the shareholders who are sticking around during all this volatility. So we'll see on Occidental what happens there. They're reporting on February 14th on Valentine's Day. Um, They are expected to see earnings rebound. The earnings are down in 2023 for basically all of the energy producers because natural gas and oil prices have come down sharply. So that impacts the earnings and those earnings are down. But 2024 analysts for right now see a 16% jump on earnings for Occidental. PE is at 13.2. So when energy is out of favor, you will see um, higher PEs usually um, because the uh, earnings are coming down, but the the price you know, the shares have come down as well. That's why he's buying more because he does see some value here in uh, energy. A lot of the energies are trading around 52-week lows. They're not anywhere close to the COVID lows um, or even 2021 lows, but they have retreated again. So this is a buying opportunity again, and Buffett is stepping in to add to that accidental position. Chevron, we don't know if he's been buying any of that because we have not yet got the filing for fourth quarter, but Chevron just raised its dividend by 8%. So its dividend is now $6.16 a share or just slightly over a 4% yield at the price right now. PE is at 117 And earnings, though, expected to be down 0.8% in 2024. They already did report, so the analysts have been 
revising up, some up, some down for Chevron for 2024, but those estimates will change based on whatever oil is doing. So if we get a spike in oil back into the 80s for an extended period of a couple of months, earnings will go up for Chevron under that scenario. It is a Zach's number five strong sell right here because of those estimates being cut. Occidental is a number three, which is the hold because they haven't reported yet. So the analysts aren't really uh, chopping there yet. So we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Um, okay, so those are a few of the stocks inside the Berkshire portfolio. We also know about Apple and Bank of America, so I'm not really going to go into those. But a couple others I took a quick look at that are not in the portfolio, but would give you kind of a Berkshire-like feel because I kind of wanted to see what else is going on out there with the railroads, with other industrials, with like the paint companies, because Berkshire owns all of that. And if they're hitting new highs, what's happening with these other stocks? So I took a look at Union Pacific because that's my other favorite railroad that's out there that is not uh, you know, owned by Berkshire Hathaway or anybody else. And I like them because they've got those big uh, terminals, I guess you could call them, or distribution points all along the Mexico border there. And I like it because they're predominantly out west. I like those routes. Although if you're in Chicago, once again, um, Union Pacific owns several of the lines here as well heading into Chicago. And one of them is on the Metra as well. Although I don't recall ever seeing UNP on the side of the cars. They didn't go that route. They just have the normal Metra cars on that line from what I can remember, but I may be wrong. Someone could correct me that I wasn't paying as much attention. The BNSF ones are very noticeable. It's big letters on the side of the car and it's like orange. And so you notice. So maybe there are some UNP. P ones, and I just didn't know. Um, but they're also um, in charge of expanding the Metra line here in Chicago. Go, it's going to go out to Rockford because UNP owns those those uh, lines, and they've been dormant, but they are uh, fixing them up so that we can get some passenger service on there. So what's happening with UNP? Uh, you can see I, I do really like the railroads. I always have, but they're just not cheap enough for me. PE is now 22.8, so a little more expensive than Berkshire. I can actually get BNSF at cheaper PE than Union Pacific. 2024 earnings expected to be up 4.9%, so that's a, a nice little pop. And then 2025 right now, they have 11%, so that would be nice to see double digits. But the rails, you really don't get huge earnings gain. It's always just a steady eddies. And you want to get them cheap. Right now, UNP is trading near its 52-week high. I thought maybe that might be all-time highs, but I went and looked back. But its all-time high was in early 2022. It's not far off of it, though. So if we keep seeing it grind higher here, we could see a new high also in Union Pacific. And that is not a tech company either, right? Um, another one on the paint side, Sherwin-Williams. I own this in the Insider Trader. I've always wanted to get it into the value investor, but I never can. It's Even with the sell-off it had a year and a half ago or whatnot, it still was not cheap enough for me. And now it's near its highs again. It did hit them a couple weeks ago. It's trying to get there back again, and it's trading at 26.9. 
nine times forward earnings. So you can see that's pretty pricey. I want to say that might be higher than like Meta or something right here. But 2024 earnings expected to be up 10.5%. That's a nice little pop there. Um, but again, this is the old economy. We're talking about paints and coatings and things. And so uh, that goes to the home builders and, um, you know, the like a lot of the old style type of businesses and even the consumer, what are they doing? Are they renovating their homes and, and all of that? Then you'll see Sherwin-Williams really pick up steam, but uh, people are getting bullish, right? They're getting bullish on these old style companies. And then my other favorite stock that I also, I've owned it. I, I shouldn't say I've never owned this one. Um, I have owned it in the insider trader because the insiders have bought pretty consistently off and on throughout the last numerous years, but it never got cheap enough for me to get this one into the value investor either, but it is fast and all ticker F A S T. And that one has a PE now of 32.4. 2024 earnings expected to be up 6.4%. And this one busting out to new all-time highs. Once again, it just continues to grind higher. It's been a great investment for those who have been in it for the long term, five or even 10 years. It just gets completely overlooked for a while before COVID. It was actually beating the return of Microsoft over like a 20-year time period. But Microsoft, with the recent surge in the last couple of years, has overtaken it now. But fast and all, uh, that's on construction and uh, manufacturing. It is a barometer for manufacturing. And people are getting bullish on that side of the economy, like I mentioned. So what are we seeing here? We're seeing Berkshire Hathaway, a value company, technically, um, busting out to new all-time highs nearly every day. And then old economy stocks also following in that path. We aren't getting it in energy. Those are still deals. Those are still bargains. And so... Berkshire is buying energy still, and I love it. I've been adding to my positions in energy. It's hard to do with tech also, you know, on the rampage and galloping, galloping bulls. But we also have galloping bulls in the old economy. So the point of this podcast was just wondering what kind of signal is Berkshire Hathaway's all time highs sending, sending to the market. And my take on it is that uh, the market is expecting a return of the industrial type names, the industrial side of the economy, which has mostly been in a recession for about 12 to 18 months now, and that we're going to be coming out of that in 2024. And that's going to be a big driver for these companies that already saw the slowdown. They've already done their job cuts. They've already done their cost cutting in other ways. And now they're going to come out of it and out of in into higher sales and hopefully also higher earnings. So this is already being priced in by the market with these stocks you know, trading at these all-time highs and very expensive valuations, I might add. But just looking at this, I'm kind of thinking, ah, Berkshire actually looks cheap compared to these other standalones. <laughs> like, why not just buy Berkshire 
um, at 21.7 times versus all these others, Union Pacific, Sherwin-Williams, and Fastenal, all trading at much higher valuations. But I'm getting exposure to the similar industries by buying Berkshire. Uh, maybe that's why it's hitting new highs every day. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be watching a lot of what goes on with these stock charts here in the next couple of weeks. But uh, this goes to the age-old question, should any value investors be buying any of these? I do, as I mentioned, still like the energy stocks. It's very difficult to buy them here because everything else is breaking out. These are breaking down. You feel like, nah, we're back again to a couple of years ago when energy went nowhere and I'm not going there again. But things have changed. Free cash flows are solid and the debt levels are down with almost all of these energy producers. So I like where we are in the cycle on energy. So does Warren Buffett. That's why he's buying. So I am um, still bullish on those. I'm still on the sidelines on these others. I'm still holding Berkshire Hathaway in the insider trader, as I mentioned earlier, even though we did trim our position, but we are still holding it. I mean, it is hitting new highs every day. But the bigger question is, should you buy these stocks on the highs? Almost all of these are hitting some type of new high, right? So that is a big question. And I covered it on the Zach's Market Edge podcast this week. So be sure to tune into that podcast where I talk about the pros and cons of buying at the highs. Should you do it? It's very difficult to do it sometimes, uh, but... There's a whole procedure I kind of give on that podcast, so I feel like you'll get a lot out of it if you check that out. You can watch the video podcast if you so desire. It's on YouTube. Go over to zax.com slash YouTube to get to our YouTube channel there, and you'll see it over there. Just It's the Zax Market Edge, and it will be on um, should you buy stocks at the all-time highs? That's a good question. But as for this show, let me recap the stocks we did talk about because these are some interesting ones I'm going to keep on my list. So Berkshire Hathaway, of course, the B shares are brk.b or uh, slash b depends on which website you're on but we have like a, a period a dot b is in boy there and then chevron is ticker cvx i do own chevron in my own personal portfolio as they bought out one of my small energy companies so i i own chevron now occidental is oxy o as in oxygen x as an x-ray y Union Pacific is U-N as in Nancy, P as in Paul, U-N-P. Fastenal is ticker F as in Frank, A, S as in Sam, T as in Tom, just fast, F-A-S-T. And then Sherwin-Williams, which is in the insider trader, is S as in Sam, H. W, S-H-W is the ticker there. And as always, I'm looking around for some value stocks. They are out there. Most of these aren't value stocks on this week's episode, but it's always good to check in and kind of see what's going on with Berkshire Hathaway. And I will be covering what they buy 
or what they bought in the fourth quarter. That's coming up soon. So be sure to subscribe. Get us on Apple Podcasts. You can get us on YouTube for the audio version of this podcast. That's on Zach's podcast page, which is just Zach's podcast. Put that into the search term and you'll find uh, all of these value investor podcasts there. Also, Nina's great ETF podcasts are there as well as the Market Edge, but only the audio version. That's also over there. But uh, be sure to get us somewhere and I'll see you again next week with some more value stocks. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identified described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.